Well, we are very much in the middle of the NBL 24 season, but as we know very quickly, the attention will turn to free agency and who is going where for next season. And that is why we are back together for the Marketplace. Great to have your company for the first edition of Marketplace for this offseason. I'm Jack Everett, alongside Pete Hawley and Olgan Yulich. And Peter, I think one thing that we learned from last season is that while some may think it's too early... It's never too early as far as the teams and the players are concerned. No doubt, Jack. These conversations are happening well and truly now. And to be honest, some of these conversations may even happen in the preseason with you've got guys saying, hey, do one year here, and then after that, we'll have a look around where you want to go. You might have a couple of different places you want to end up at and say, hey, let's have a really good year with this team. Next year, we can try and get you to the destination you want. So that could happen, but definitely the conversations are happening now for both guys who potentially want to come back or move elsewhere for greener pastures. Olgan, you are the best newsbreaker in Australian basketball, and already so much coming across your desk in terms of movements. Yeah, and this stuff comes to my desk in the preseason, like you said, when when teams are putting together their rosters, and then when the season begins, they're already thinking about roster construction for the next year and beyond. Teams aren't trying to think in in one-year cycles. These are like three-year cycles that teams are trying to put together, and so that's why there's already so much intel that that comes across here, and I'm very excited to get into all of it. I am very excited too. We're going to break this down into two parts. Today, we're going to talk about the big names to watch, some potential massive names who could come back to the league, and then some young names to keep an eye on as well. Next episode, we'll go through team by team and fish out the biggest stories of the lot. Let's start with the really, really big stories, though. Pete, What's of all of the stories that are going to develop in this marketplace and free agency period, what's the biggest one for you? So I feel like it's deja vu a little bit because, again, Will McDowell-White's going to be a focal point to talk about in free agency. He does have an option at New Zealand, and we know how close he is with Marty Mayo, but this season he's been injury play. There's no doubt about that, which definitely got him off to a slow start in terms of the way he's playing. But this isn't the Will McDowell-White that we've come to know and love, and for good reason. When you start slow in preseason because of an injury, and Parker Jackson Carwright, who was probably going to be a Barry Brown Jr. type, back up for him, and they play a lot of minutes alongside each other, but he'd come off the bench. He would be the guy with the ball in his hands. He had that broken hand. Uh, We know he's injured currently as we're recording this. He's due back uh, as we're recording this, but he's been injured. So, again, what happens with him? Because it is an option that he would have to think about. What's the roster look like for New Zealand next year? And, again, if he decides not to take that... Again, he goes right back up there as one of the hottest free agents. I mean, we are at a point where it's, it is deja vu. It'll likely be a similar situation where yeah. he, he has a mutual option. I think everyone at this point knows that mutual options are largely useless, right? It's, it's, <laughs> as in, you, you, will, you will probably just enter free agency, and if you're going to return to that team, just renegotiate something else. Right? That's generally what happens. Most of the teams who were in the Will McDowell White sweepstakes last offseason will be in them again. That's how this works. He is a very, very high-level local point guard option. If you can get someone like that, you go and do it. Um, and so it'll just it'll be the same thing as last offseason. Biggest story for you. What should we be following during this free agency period? I'm liking the idea of Adelaide and Brisbane having just this war chest. This, this kind of this chest of money that they're going to get from some of their current veteran guys coming off contract and so i look at adelaide i see mitch mccarran there's a big deal right there coming that that contract goes off the books all of a sudden they have so much money that they can spend uh i look at the brisbane bullets aaron baines he's the highest paid player in the league this season he comes off the books now a lot of their ancillary guys their numbers go up slightly right and so that that cuts into the money that they would have to spend that that sort of aaron baines money but there is still a significant amount of money right there to spend and so they're, they're a team that, while they have locked in a lot of their role players for multi-year deals, they could be pretty active on the free agency market. Adelaide in particular, Pete, I mean, at the time of recording, they're still looking for a new coach and there's going to be mass change, you would think. 
they, with the war chest that Olgan's talking about, have got a chance to make a big splash, don't they? Well, they have to, don't they? Not just for the team, but for the fans as well. They want to see that kind of splash in for agency, and they'll be looking around to try and get those really high-profile players. And Dion Vasiljevic, we know they're talking about him, but potentially a multi-year deal, and obviously that wouldn't be. Uh, for low money, that'd be coming at, at a pretty good wicked, no doubt about that. But to be able to free up the, the type of salaries we're talking about is huge. And Mitch McCarron, there's, I just don't envision him being back in Adelaide under any circumstance. But I think, do think when we get into talking about that, there are a couple of teams that could really use the services like him. And nothing says free agency like the term war chest. You don't hear that during the season. You only hear it during free agency. And you're going to hear it a lot on the marketplace. I'm really interested to see what happens with the local Aussie bigs. Because we know in this league, if you've got a really, really good or a star... Australian local, it gives you so many other options for your roster. And I'm talking about Isaac Humphreys. Jordan Hunter, I think, is one to really watch. Jonah Bolden includes Sam Wardenberg in that conversation as well, being a New Zealander. Some of those names could unlock a a raft of potentials for rosters. I'm very interested to see what happens. I mean, Jordan Hunter's the one, isn't it? Because you look at Jordan Hunter and Jonah Bolden, and both are starting level guys right now. Jonah Bolden's been fantastic in his minutes. He's only played the max is 23 minutes a game. That's the most minutes he's played so far. Um, he's averaging great numbers, 9.5 and 7.5 and in those minutes that he's played, 44% from three. And if I'm Sydney, you're probably thinking, this could be a guy who could start for us next year. He has that conditioning in him now. Uh, he's played a whole season. He's been really good. And then Jordan Hunter, he's a starting level guy. But... Jordan Hunter, I see him, I envision him maybe in a type of like a New Zealand situation where you've got loaded up. If they've managed to bring back Parker Jackson Cartwright, Anthony Lambs, Island Cheatham, whatever happens with Will McDowell-White, you've got three or four focal pieces, those main offensive threats. Jordan Hunter's the piece you go after for that fifth spot to round out the starting five. So uh, it's hard to find a really elite local big, as you mentioned. Same with a local point guard, as you mentioned, Will McDowell-White. So all the other pieces seem easier to find in the world, but those two locals are spots are really hard to get. So the Sydney Kings do want to lock in Jonah Bolden and Geordie Hunter. They want to, they so want, they should. They want to try to run it back with, with that front court that they have. Another name that you didn't mention is Will Magne. Yes. Will Magne is playing at an unbelievable level right now. He started off injured. And so that, that came into the contract consideration. He was on a fairly considerable deal in Tasmania. That's what he's currently on. He comes off contract. And the thinking was, is his injury concerns, is, is that something that's going to affect his next deal? But he's playing at a level where he's going to attract a similar sort of deal, this upcoming free agency. And so that's one I'm looking, I'm looking at. Every team is looking at what Will Magne brings to the table. His, his interior defense, his ability to create second shots. That's what every team wants out of their big man. If you can get that out of a local big like Magne, you're set. The other name I didn't mention there was Aaron Baines. You mentioned, Olgan, that he's the highest paid player in the competition this season. If he was willing to pay for a, a, a much more appropriate rate for his age and for his output, could you see a situation where someone else had a look at Aaron Baines? I, I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't rule out the Brisbane Bullets having those conversations sure. as well. Uh, that feels like a conversation that'll be a little bit further down the line, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't force Aaron Baines, for example, into retirement. Um, I think he will listen to the offers out there. He's uh, pretty set in Brisbane, mm-hmm. uh, just as, as like socially. Yep. Uh, and so it, I, I would expect that conversation to happen. Whether it actually gets over the line, I think we'll find out a little bit later. So they're the big stories to follow, and there's a lot of them, but they're the key ones for us. One of the things I think we learned from last offseason was the big names to follow as well. And X marks the spots. Let, let's start with Xavier Cooks, because he's currently playing for the Chiba Jets. He's had a a little minute in the NBA and around that periphery as well. You would think that he's going to be a target for just about every team in the competition, wouldn't you? Well, it, unfortunately, it doesn't matter if every other team in the competition wants Xavier Cooks because 
the right of first refusal for Xavier Cooks is with the Sydney Kings. And so Xavier Cooks currently in Japan uh, is doing his thing there. He's going to get significant offers yeah. from around Asia come this offseason, right? It'll be from China. It'll be from Japan. And so he'll look at those offers. He'll see what he likes. If he has a desire to play in the NBL, Sydney Kings have right of first refusal. So it, And if that is the case, as Xavier Cooks says, I want to be in the NBL, like I said previously, the Sydney Kings will do whatever they can to bring him in. And it'll be interesting to see again what happens with their roster uh, reconstruction for next year. And again, the way they've played in NBL 24, it's been a slow start. But if they finish strong like a lot of people think, are they more inclined to say, we've still got enough pieces here? It took a while. We've had a new coach come in, a new style. I know with the first half of the season was poor, but we finished it well, whether they win a title, whether they go close to competing. And then you have those conversations. Because if you're thinking, okay, we want to bring Jalen Adams back, and all of a sudden you're picking up the phone to Xavier Cook and say, hey, Team back up again with Jalen Adams. We've got that. We, we talk about the, the Jordan Hunter and Jonah Bolden. All of a sudden, they've got that formidable lineup once again. And uh, the money will be there, as you said, in Asia. That's going to be there for Xavier Cooks, which is enticing. There's no doubt about it. Still getting paid uh, by the Wizards, I believe, for this year as well. But the one thing that he obviously loved was obviously being in Australia, but the way he played in the NBL and he had so much success here. So uh, I wouldn't rule it out completely. Sometimes money just talks, <laughs> and we're a lot of people. Two other names that we're going to get in early on because we will get asked a lot about these two names. One of them is Jack White, who has won a championship here in the NBL, has been around the NBA system, would, would just be so desirable for every team for obvious reasons. Is there a possibility that we could see Jack White have serious thoughts and conversations about coming back to the NBL? So, again, we never say never because... The NBL is at a level where it is in consideration. With Jack White, he's been out for the South Bay Lakers with an adductor injury. He's just returned. Mm -hmm. And so he's playing G League basketball again. Jack White feels as though he's right on the cusp of being an NBL player. He feels that way, and, and quite rightly as well. That is a warranted opinion for him to have. And so that is priority number one, two, and three for him. So it would surprise me if he shows any serious consideration in the NBL this upcoming season. Averaging 11-7 and seven in the sixth game he's played but before being injured in, in the G League. And again, you think of the way the G League is designed. It's not really normally for a player like Jack White, but he had so much success last year when he was in Denver. And uh, when I caught up with him in, in some league at Vegas, and he was talking about how that, he thought that was Denver. The way they were talking to him was that he would be there this year on their NBA team, and it didn't eventuate. And same with the OKC before uh, he got waived there. So... It'll be interesting to think about, okay, if he continues the, down the G League path, is that the way to go to, to get to the NBA? You mentioned that's obviously going to be in his full front. And show it suit. I think a lot of us believe he's an NBA player. Yeah. We see that he's got that talent. But is another coming back to the NBL and, and dominating, maybe winning another championship and, and putting up that uh, significant numbers going to be even better to get him that jump? We're looking at a guy like Luke Travis, what he's done this year. Uh, we know he obviously has got the rights from the Cavaliers, and that's going to be one to talk about a bit later. But I'll, I'll be interested to see there'll be a phone call a few I'm sure a few and far coming in for Jack White. The, the other is Paddy Mills, which I think in the past would have been a, an absolute Hail Mary. But given his NBA situation this year or lack of court time at time of recording and, and the fact that Paddy's getting a little older as well, I, I, is there any possibility that we see Paddy in the NBL next season? I'd put it at extremely unlikely. More unlikely than a Jack White to the NBL. With this, it's just every time I ask anyone around Paddy Mills, it's a pretty straight, flat-out no. Uh, granted, he has played 35 total minutes this NBA season, so he has to figure out what is next for him. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't even consider it at this point. I don't think it's something that is, that is seriously legitimately on the table. I think we'd be considering it a little bit more if Ingles 
down in Orlando wasn't playing and contributing, right? Because you've yeah. got the similar type of careers where they're at, at towards the end of that, but him going down to a young team and having that impact off the bench and has probably obviously got Paddy realising that, okay, it's not right now in Atlanta with the way they're going, but if there's another team that he could be that kind of uh, older presence and kind of help out. Um, we saw what Delhi obviously did um, in Sacramento, um, just being on the bench and kind of helping out in the locker room. I'm sure Paddy's thinking a similar thing, but I would I would love to see it. We did get the taste during the, lock, the lockout uh, a few years ago, and again, I definitely wouldn't rule it out completely, but uh, we're probably in the what single figure percentages. Maybe <laughs> is it possible to get lower than that? I mean, in the same way that we spoke about the potential of Dwight Howard coming here, the only way I envision someone like Paddy Mills ending up in the NBL is if it's with a smaller market team or with a newer team, and there's some sort of ownership that's attached sure. to it. That feels like the only way that Paddy Mills will end up in the NBL. Whether that's something that actually comes to fruition is a different story. Uh, but putting that sort of package in front of Paddy Mills feels like the, the most likely way to get him here. So to the other end of the scale, let, let's talk about youngsters playing at college right now because we saw so many of them come back this season and in the last two seasons. It's worth getting in front of it now and trying to understand who are the ones to watch. Before we get to the names, why has the NBL now become so appealing for youngsters to either decommit to play two or three years and then leave or look at the NBL as soon as they finish their four years? I mean, you look at the track record and it's, it's not just guys like a Josh Giddy, right, who can come into the NBL, do his one and done and go to the NBA. But you're also looking at someone like a, a Luke Travis who just completely ignored college, came to the NBL, had success, got drafted. These guys are seeing that. Taron Armstrong saw that. It's taken him a little bit to get into it, but he's slowly finding his feet. They're, they're noticing that you can come to the NBL, play against professionals, play against men. The development that you go through is way quicker than going through college. And then there's just the familiarity as well. Being at home, being, being around friends, being in Australia, every city... Every team that has every city that has a team in the NBL is on a beach, right? These are all these are all really really uh, uh, attractive things for young players to come into. It's all it's the case for imports coming here as well. It depends again what where you stage you're at, right, in your college career. But um, I look at a guy like Josh Bannon who's come in and had a massive impact, but, but has been hampered by a couple of injuries as well. But you're right, whether you're a senior, whether you're a freshman, you're trying to figure out at what point is the right time to make the jump. But if your goal, if your dream is to make the NBA, the, the NBA has become really enticing to come in because you're playing against pros straight away. The eyes are going to be on the league. They continue to grow more and more. And if you find yourself in the perfect position, again, we mentioned these guys like Taron Armstrong gets pulled out after two years, but Josh Bannon's been terrific since coming in. Kyle Bowen, I know, straight out of St. Mary's, has had an impact from Melbourne United. So if you land in the right situation, you do a yeah. year or two... And you're going to have those NBA workouts in the off-season, I'm sure, as well. And all of a sudden, you put yourself in the best position to make that leap to the States. Yeah, the NBA part of it is, I think, the difference maker. Because a lot of these Australians who go to college, they're aware that they're going to end up in the NBL. This is the only pro league for Australians to go to, or the best pro league for Australians. So they know they're going to end up here anyway. So why not fast-track that? Why not become accustomed to the style of play with the different coaches, all the people? That is important. But then the NBA factor means that it's not just guys who are settling and coming to the NBL. It's using the NBA NBL as a pathway to get to better things. And the, the extension of that is the Next Stars program, which has just gone in leaps and bounds. Alex Saar is going to headline that this year. Bobby Clintman, just to name a couple. There are a couple of very interesting Australian Next Stars, potential Next Stars, worth having a look at, similar to the mould of Alex Tui. Yeah, and, and we list these as potential Next Stars because the hope <laughs> is that the Next Stars program, the NBL, can reach out to these guys and tell them, you were probably one and done after this season, or you very well could be. And so I'm looking at a Johnny Furphy yep. in Kansas right now. 6'9 wing, can really shoot at high-level athlete. I'm looking at Alex Condon in Florida. 
6'11", skilled big, can shoot it a little bit. These guys are making an impact for these powerhouse college programs right now. They could be, uh, they could end up getting drafted, not this coming draft, but the, but the but the one following. And so that's something that the NBL can can bring forward to them and say, hey, you're basically a one and done guy right now. Come and do it here. We spoke a little bit about how enticing it is, again, for college players who are further in their career, whether they're juniors or seniors, but for that reason as well. And we think next stars, and for so many of us, we think they're Americans or they're high school Americans mm-hmm. or they're Europeans because we see how well they've come through. But we do forget that guys like Alex Tui, these young Aussies, come in and have the opportunity to do that. So now that that's established and that continues to grow this year, for Furphy and Connor, these conversations are real because, okay, are you going to do another year of college? Will you develop more in that year of college or are you coming in play against men in the next stars program, then into the draft, and all of a sudden your stock's going to be a lot higher. So uh, it's a very realistic opportunity, and that's why we've got the great Liam Santa Maria in charge of figuring all that and trying to sell it as best as possible. But let's be honest, the, the main selling point is what we've seen, right? It's already in its set in stone. It doesn't have to say a whole lot. He could just pull out uh, a lot of clips and a lot of past history, and it'll sell itself. In Liam, we trust, of course, and he'll be watching this. We've gone to work on some other names of youngsters playing college basketball at the moment around the NCAA who are worth having a look at. Here are some of the names on the screen right now. A couple that jump out at you, Pete. Alex Dukas is one because he, he played the preseason games here when St. Mary's have come down. And uh, he's, look, in terms of like body being ready and kind of understanding, he obviously knows how the Australian basketball is played. Obviously, um, the NBL especially, but he played in those games averaging nine and four at St. Mary's right now. And WA Kid, which is going to be the interesting thing because they, they didn't get Kyle Bowen. And again, they've got Ben Henshaw, they've got the local kids. So Alex Dukas is one that a lot of teams would be wanting to pick up the phone and say, hey, we need you as this kind of youngster to come in and, and be that three-year type deal of, of locking, locking in for the future. But where that is, I'm not so sure, but he's one that has looked ready to make the NBL leap yeah. since he, we've seen him grow over this course in college. I mean, many NBL teams offered him this past offseason. Uh, they wanted him to come now. I think he's in the midst of a, of a red shirt senior season in St. Mary's. And so he, could, he, very well, he graduated, so he could have come now. And m- most NBL teams were surprised that he didn't. And so I agree with you, around 40% three-point shooter throughout his entire time in college. So he's someone who can come in and make an impact now. He's got size, he's got the skill set. One that I like is Kelly Lupepe. Now he's out of Loyola Marymount, uh, 6'6", 240, right? So he doesn't have the height, but he's ready to make an impact now, right? He's, he's, he's a solid guy. But it's not just that. It's not just his ability to sort of bang down low. Uh, yes, he's an undersized big, but he can shoot it a little bit. He showed that last season. Uh, he can also pass it a little bit too. And so there's a skill set there that a lot of NBL teams like. There were NBL teams that offered him rotation spots last season. So that was surprised that he went back as well. Uh, but he's someone to keep an eye on. He's someone who could come in and make an impact now a la, like a Kyle Bowen. And, and that's exactly the person I was thinking of, the Kyle Bowen type. And again, Melbourne United, he was training with Melbourne United way back in again when I was running around for a little bit. He played in the NBL one South. He's running around for Dan Long as well. But that body being ready. I mean, we've seen what Kyle Bowen did. There's recently in a throwdown when he's matched up against Mitch Creek. And those guys, they become trust guys as rookies, which is so hard to have. And uh, I guarantee you, had Kyle Bowen not being locked away from Melbourne United the way they're looking at that would be a phone call to be picked up from Dean Vickerman would have loved to have him but no doubt about it many conversations will be had when you get someone who's physically ready to enter the league and just can become that kind of glue guy early on they're hard to find and you look at how successful they become they don't have to put up massive numbers and they have the long career in the NBL you're talking about guys like Jesse Wagstaff those guys have just been around and just been super trustworthy guys put them in a role put them in a role they're not going to make mistakes they're going to be those guys that by the end of their career they could be the captains of the club they can do all that Kelly LePay, that's kind of the way you see in that envisioning. One other name that I do want to bring up is one that a lot of NBL teams prior to this season really didn't know about. It's Elijah Pepper. 
Now, he is ostensibly an American kid. He was born in Shepparton, but then his family relocated to Washington. And so a lot of NBL teams really weren't aware that this was a potential local candidate. But he is a 6'4 combo guard at UC Davis. He's top 30 in the country in scoring. He, aver he averages just under 20 points a game. He is a legitimate star of college basketball. And so he's the kind of guy who can come to the NBL and maybe turn into a star-level guy. There aren't, there aren't many guys who go and average 20 points a game in college and then come to the NBL. We don't see that often. Mm. When we see those guys do that, they're usually imports. And so he is someone who a lot of teams, their ears are pricking right now. They're, they're thinking, how can we get this guy, a 6'4 combo guard? Brian Gorgian, I spoke to him about Elijah Pepper as well, as figuring out how to get him involved in the Boomers program too because everyone's just realizing this is, this is an Australian kid. So that's one I'll keep an eye on as well. It's interesting to think about the college kids because certain teams need different things, right? Because you, you mentioned the guys like Keller Pepper, Alex Dukas, the guys who can come in and have an impact now. And by impact, you don't mean 15 points a night. You don't mean to shoot it at a phenomenal clip. It takes a while to understand to translate to the pro game. When you've got like a high-level score, how long does that take to unlock? Maybe that is, okay, in his second or third year, he's going to become like a big minutes guy for us and we can actually put a lot of faith in him to go and get points. And what team does that suit best other than a glue guy who can come in and just, hey, I need you for 25 minutes tonight, zero the next? Yeah, that, those are the things to think about. So there's a little sample of what's to come during the free agency period here on the marketplace. The big stories, the big names and the young names to keep an eye on during this period as well. Next time we come back, we're going to take a look at each team and pull out some of their major stories as we head into free agency and marketplace as well. Gentlemen, well done. We'll see you next time around. Sounds good. Thank Thanks for being with us on the marketplace. Don't forget, of course, to leave all of your comments on social media. We'll catch you soon.